0: Life Audio
1: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
0: I'm Jennifer Slattery, and although I am painfully tone-deaf to the point that people have actually turned around in church in an attempt to locate the cause of the terrible sound. Despite that, God often speaks to me through music, and it is through praise and through listening to Christ-focused songs that I most sense His presence. Well, on one particular day, I was really hurting, and the song, Brighter Day by Blessing Offer came on, and it felt like it was a promise from God to me. And this motivated me to reach out to Blessing and to invite him to join me for a podcast episode on holding tight to Christ during difficult and painful seasons.
1: Inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, Blessing, thank you so much for taking time to meet with us today.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you for reaching out.
0: So, Blessing, he was born blind in his left eye due to congenital glaucoma, and he was a standout musician with The Voice. He emigrated to the U.S. from Nigeria at the age of six. And his parents made a really difficult decision to split up their family so that, that they could send blessing to America to get to receive proper treatment. Well, while, while he was in America, he actually lost sight in his other eye, but music has played such an important part in his life. And, and he's going to share that with us as well and Eve through Christ. So you came at, came to America at a young age. I'd love if you could just give a little more of the story surrounding that uh,
1: so i lived in JSK and it was winter time and you know when you are anywhere but america you always hear about america so this is like the, the great adventure as it were and i remember it was winter time and it was snowing and my first experience of america was falling in the snow i looked at my uncle i was like can we go home <laughs> Let me just go back because this is this is way nobody told us about the cold.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and my uncle was like, "That's not how this works." Like we it took a lot to get here, so we're not calling it. <laughs> but yeah, um, as you said, my parents—the amazing thing, the loving thing, ironically enough—of letting me come here to seek treatment for the glaucoma. So I I don't have kids, I'm not married or anything, but like the sacrifice boggles my mind more and more the older.
0: So what was, was that challenging growing up? So, I mean, I know, so I did actually, I've listened to a couple of your interviews, which I would I would recommend our listeners, go listen, go find some of his interviews. They're really, really good. But I, I know you were close with your uncle and I know there was a lot of, you know, excitement involved in that. But I also know, you know, having been a child myself, I'm sure there were times that was that was hard, right? Where you're like, I just want my mom or I just want my dad's.
1: Yeah, I, uh, my dad had me. Are very close, and so after a few weeks, I and mean, the something was I was like, Wait, 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 where's my dad? and my uncle's. I walk, I'm like, Okay, well, let's go get him. Mm. Being a kid, just all right, well, let's fix that problem, right? The realization that it wasn't that easy was a lot as a kid to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, there was this natural adjusting that for a while it was, a, it was an adventure. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, everything was new, right? it was amazing, and then all of a sudden your heart goes, Wait, but where are my favorite people in the world?
0: Mm. And
1: what's what is here if my favorite people aren't here? You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. So there was definitely that little bit of adjusting to the realization that, like, yeah, my dad, my mom, my siblings they weren't gonna be here anytime soon.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure as a as a kid, you don't even probably know what you're feeling. So you probably I I'm assuming you didn't really talk that out much. Yeah. I
1: don't again, it's like you get older and you kinda of look back and uh and you go, Wow, that was that was so confusing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the emotions aren't as nuanced, or your ability mm-hmm, to touch mm-hmm. off emotions are as nuanced. So you're like, I feel sad. Oh, here's some candy. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of you kind of kids can always bounce back. Mm-hmm. hmm Bounce back. So it's this like have you processed
0: uh-huh. that back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's a really that's a really good point. I mean, have you had to kind of as an adult process some of those childhood emotions that you didn't even know you were experiencing at, at oh. the time? One thousand percent. I, I mean, do a lot of
1: processing through music. I do a lot of yeah. processing through friends at therapy and all the fun stuff. So mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Processing feelings, yeah, very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us a little. So, I, I mean, I kind of, I briefly mentioned how you had, so you had, you were blind in the one eye, and then you came to America to supposedly fix that, and Oop. that what so what happened?
1: The good eye, yeah, that boss, good eye.
0: Yeah. So, how'd that happen?
1: So, towards the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, I got shot in the eye with a water gun, just a freak accident. And it detached the retina. Good eye. Ouch. So the good eye that was being fired out of its own, all set down. So so that that unforeseen
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: from just childhood took the majority of the vision. Good
0: eye. Were there times... So when did you come to faith in Christ?
1: Um, I saw back home. My, my dad is... The first Christian in our family. Mm -hmm. So we, there wasn't any, there wasn't ever a time where I didn't know God in, in the sense where it's it's what you grew up with. It's what you do. Mm -hmm. I always, I always think looking back, uh, kind of early adulthood, 18, 19, 20, when you ask all the questions just when I, I raised it for myself because, you know, me and God, we meet intellectually. So like, there was just a point where I was like, "Why do you believe all this stuff?" Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and you know, I, I, my uncle is an attorney, so I remember him going through law school and listening to all these law lectures while we were in the car and understanding saying, And so, I've always kind of interrogated my own beliefs and thoughts and ideas, which I think we all should. Yeah. And so I was like, "Man, I read Taoism of books. I read English of books. I read the Quran. I read all." Of that. Nigeria is a majority of Muslim country, so um, in thinking, what do I believe? I like, sought out everything the world had to say about it all, and the beauty of doing that is that when you come back to Christianity, you'll see how, not just because your parents said so, but in all actuality, as far as my faith that my heart are concerned, there is no better solution to all. All of the brokenness of the world. So for me, it, it was, I needed to do all that exploring. Like I was like, well, if God is set, he doesn't care if I read this book. You know what I mean? Cause
0: that's
1: mm. fine. Like, of course I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. If, if he is recent, it was like, why me? Why is he afraid of my little questions? He's, he's really, really not It's what I found. Uh, and in fact, not reading, not being intellectually curious is kind of a form of insecurity. Mm. You know, I think sometimes. Christians think it's a bad thing to look into. What else?
0: Mm-hmm. You Because
1: know? if your heart's thinking, what else? You can you can do one of two things. You can say, oh, that's scary. I don't want to think. What else? Which is really just be afraid that God might not be everything he says he is. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, you know what? What else? And I learned that from C.S. Lewis, just like intellectual curiosity.
0: Now, did you read C.S. Lewis growing up, or or kind of during that time?
1: I'm a huge C.S. Lewis. I'm a reader in general, like so. I, I, you know, C.S. Lewis was one of the, is one of the things I always go back to. A box to other things. So yeah,
0: yeah. I like. I mean, he is very authentic, like kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I could totally, I could totally see that. Well, when you were so when you were growing up, or even now. Did you wrestle with like anxiety and fear, especially? I mean, you're you're in a new country, or even now that you're, I mean, that must have. Does it feel like the music, like it just boom, all of a sudden you're on the global scene?
1: It's it, you know, my friend Natalie always calls it. She's a writer in town. She's written a bunch of songs, that she didn't really have much success till she was probably in her early 40s. So she had success about 10 years, 12 years ahead of me, mm. So. She said, "You know, blessing. They call me the twenty-year overnight success." <laughs> and, and I said to her, "Well, they—they they seem to think I'm the—you know—I've been in Nashville for six, seven years. They seem to think I'm the seven-year overnight
0: Yeah, success. yeah.
1: And and it's it's oftentimes the perception is is of that. Like one minute, nothing, and the next minute, you're like, "Who's this blessing offer? That will happen so
0: fast.
1: Mm-hmm. When you know, there's been a lot of patience at praying and working and toiling at you know desert times Mm. where you're just you're you're wrestling with god and going okay what are these 40 years up so to speak
0: yeah yeah so like as you're pursuing this call on your life you you, did you ever have times you're like god are you sure like is this really like have you called me to this
1: You know, it's funny, I, 2000, there have been like a couple hard, so as, as so to speak. 2018, okay. at 2011, 12th, and we're, you know, those years were tough. And so there's just, there's been times and I'm like, oh, this feels bad. But it's never been, I don't know if I love music, because even at the hard times, I've always woken up. I would always wake up and go to the piano. Mm-hmm. It's never been a questioning of music. It's more of a bit like, okay, I know I love music. I know I'm always going to play music, but like, should I be a lawyer? I- mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Joined by all the family the sins of I'll just do that. And when the doubts would get the most, there would always be something that would come along and was like a thumbs up. You know, like mm-hmm. a, uh, an encouragement. You know, God going, oh, going you know, and that's that's how it's always been till now. what like obviously things are cooking on all eight cylinders, but <laughs> it's been those times where, right when I would have those thoughts of yeah, maybe I should just something would happen, I would be like, no, no, you're doing the right thing.
0: You know, I wonder, and I don't know. You might not have an answer to, for this, but I I can't help but wonder because I know a lot of people can God can speak to them and and give them confirmation. But then they can later kind of justify themselves out of it or, or or make excuses like find a reason to discount that. And do you think perhaps that your time of doubting and really intensely searching kind of tuned your ears to his response and his encouragement?
1: Man, I hope so. I'd like to think so. I think a lot of times people will say God told me blank mm-hmm. as a means of just... Saying what they want to do anyway, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times people will be hard, stiff necks, as the Old Testament says, or hard headed about what is clearly what God wants to do. And so there is this like middle approach, which is humility. Mm-hmm. I'm like and I really feel strongly. I really think God is calling me to blank, and my pastor always says, "You think that's what God is calling." Me? Seek wise counsel, seek the word, play about it, look for the confirmation session. So it's like, I, I always thought that music was the gift. In the moments of being in doubt, I always found the confirmation um, with circumstances, like something would happen. I would win this awards on the Kennedy Center, or like just something would be there to just give me that little extra nudge of the courage. I try to be really careful when I say God told me to, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know
1: what I mean? I, always mm-hmm. try to, I really, I'm feeling, like, I'm feeling like God is telling me to, I could be wrong, And you have, you always have to leave room for the idea that maybe your own desires play a role in what you think God is telling you. So you always have to allow God to correct what you think is his voice sometimes.
0: Yeah. So you're putting him first. Basically, absolutely, yeah, I think that's powerful. Well, in another interview that that you gave, you shared a quote about grief carving a canyon. Do you remember that quote?
1: It's my favorite quote.
0: Yeah. Oh man, it, it actually brought tears to my to my eyes. So, can you please share that now?
1: Yes, uh, Camus, Albert Camus, who is a an Algerian philosopher, close world. You know, like uh, World War II a little bit before, but like he got got really well known. gave a lot of lectures after World War Two. And he wrote a, he wrote a few books. Um, I think The Stranger is one of them. The Alchemist, the Alchemist, was somebody else. But he has a quote, <laughs> and it says, "Grief carves a canyon so that joy may overflow it." And that, when I read it, I identified with it so much. And and if you let that marinate in your mind, you'll see how wonderfully true it is that grief will carve a canyon, and the deeper the canyon that the more joy has to come in to fill it. In, it always does. So wow. my friends who are gone through a lot, listen, issues, you thinks you're going through a lot. Just, just know that there's a lot plus a little more joy that's going to come.
0: in. Mm. That's beautiful. That thing that,
1: so as deep as you think your green is, you know, conversely, inversely, mm-hmm. the joy will be even greater. That's going to come in and heal that. So it's, it's realism. It's not to say that, Things don't hurt. Well, God, you know, God never told us it would ever hurt, but He does say that, like, He is sustenance, you know. So I think sometimes we can choose what being a Christian is. Like, okay, cool, I'm a Christian now. So I mean right. <laughs> when quite right, the opposite, okay, you're a Christian now, you really know how broken the world is. And you now can compare it to how, how amazing and holy God is. And you'll see that there's a huge gap there. And unfortunately, living on us, we are right there in the middle of the gap.
0: Yeah, so when has that been true for you? I, I have, I suspect that that resonated with you so deeply because you went through your own period of grief. You know, it's
1: funny, everybody would, you would think it's like, oh, bless Austin's vision, that's really sad. was
0: it easy, mm-hmm. but
1: yeah. working through music, working through being an artist, the paint like, I, you know, there's, there's, like, I tell people around 2018 or so, like I literally was almost homeless multiple times. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. So there are times when I was just like, What is happening? And it's all because I was I've done one non-music job in my entire life. And I answered songs and shirts from
0: That's rough. <laughs> it was <horrible>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And I just I was like, I'm not doing for this. During all the times when I was like doubting things. I could have gone to law school at any time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would have looked at me and said, man, you're being really stubborn. Like, the world is kicking your butt. Why don't but just take the path of least resistance, right? But mm-hmm. I've always known that that wasn't right. So what would have looked foolish to anybody looking at me and what, I, what I was hoping at the time wasn't me being hard-headed. Mm-hmm. It me, only did my Heart of hearts, what I meant to do. That's sing and write songs and talk to people. So, look foolish, but but that was God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you had such a close relationship with him. I mean, you had cultivated that, and so you were willing to lose everything else except for what he had told you. So, I I love that. So, I think that's awesome. So, now, I mean, I, I assume that during that time did your intimacy with Christ increase? I hope so. <laughs> um,
1: I, you know, had a, I've always had pastors in all different seasons just like come alongside me. Wow. Uh, and at this time, my pastor National, Nashville, who I still um, study with today, he just like, he was there meeting for coffee once a week. It's very encouraging. Still is. We still meet for coffee once a week. And so, yeah, there, there was definitely a a voice, tangibly, that was like, listen, you're not crazy. Uh-huh. You know, you have this gift. And yeah, you know, it's. I know it's hard now, and maybe
0: there's not come a time when you should consider another plan. You just watch, stick it out a little. While. That's powerful, wow. Yeah, wonderfully so. Yeah, kind of like your own Barnabas, you know, like in scripture. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of challenging seasons, my husband and I have been obsessively listening to your song, Believe. I would love for you, I, I, t- I cannot listen to that without like tearing up. It is just a really, really raw, honest, powerful song that I think is a really important song. And so I would love if you would tell us a little, for somebody who hasn't, maybe hasn't heard the song, tell us and tell us a little bit about it.
1: So Believe is a song that, I mean, Friday Days is, is a very bumper sticker song in, in all the best way. I know, it's going to be better?
0: And there will. There will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Believe is the antithesis of mm. which I felt like was necessary. I think sometimes we we as a, a world, a culture, a people, a, even a Christian people, listeners of Christian music, we are very installed with the victory. Right? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that or nothing true about that. But in real life, we all know that the victory is not always immediate or promise in this world. There, sometimes your victory is not your reward. It's not your Yeah. People who suffer all through life, you know, and their life is just suffering. And that's, that's not to say God isn't there. Right. Doesn't love them. You know, I, I always marvel to let the fact that. 11 of the 12 disciples died whole of death. Yeah. Like just ancient ways to go because, like, a Testament, Jesus says, you know, listen, a am just of God that he this to me. Where you know, possibly pick up the cross and follow me Right. To join me in this suffering. Suffering produces endurance and endurance produces blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So there's, there's not a promise of good times, but there is a promise of sustenance. And that God will not leave you. And so the some for me was just my way of needing to express to anybody that I has heard brighter days that I am thoroughly versed in and the other side of that kind of very positive message and that it's okay if that's where they are. And it's, I would say to people, like I know it's a penny and the deep song it starts with sarcasm and the pre-chorus is the, is the, you know, but what if you know something I don't? What if you will something I win Right. If you don't know, give me what I want, but you give me what I need, it's not enough to believe. Yeah. So it's this very self interrogating song. And it's not the most easily digested, but I thought it was necessary. So we put it out because just like you said, it needs to be out. It's, it's one you have to listen to.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and to wrestle with. Right. I think that's what I love about this song is you are giving permission to people to wrestle. And and I think just in the wrestling, there's there's this sense of, I mean, that's how we experience a God a lot of times. Yeah.
1: Wrestling is the victory. In
0: a lot of ways, mm.
1: not giving up, right? You haven't quit. Like Jacob and God wrestling, right? Jacob's like, I'm not letting you go to you. Yes. Mm. Even before God blessed him, Jacob was already next to God. Yes, you can't wrestle with somebody you're not fight up against. And so, the wrestling is actually the point, like you know, being near God. That's how you wrestle. So mm-hmm. much as it is painful or not fun, like you're never gonna win the wrestling match <laughs> to win, but that God will bless you. And it's not that God will bless you right now but that it will
0: happen. And like you said, just knowing he's there in that, that that's a blessing in and of itself. You talked about how, you know, just your challenging journey and I imagine kind of humbling and discouraging and and all of that to where you're at now, just in the music industry through that, you know, it's interesting. I often think that God, I've heard God will have to often breaks a dream before he gives it back. And I think it's because he wants, I mean, you're touching people's hearts. That's like a high calling, right? So how has all of your experiences, like those places where you were in need of encouragement and support and where you were wrestling with God, how has that deepened your compassion for others?
1: You know, I think, I think it's allowed me a lot of humility and a lot of empathy because no matter where I am on my journey, no matter how good this gets, I will ever forget where I was, mm-hmm. how dark it was. That's part of the journey. Like, we are in a fun season for sure, but there's no part of me that could ever lose humility because I have the marks of the seasons that weren't this fun.
0: Mm. You
1: know, So I think honestly, I always say to my friends, like, I'm so glad none of this happened when I thought it should. I have the equipment spiritually, emotionally, to not let it get to my head. But after after the, you know the desert times, when God like sat me down and, and shaped me enough to have all of this happen and not have it go to my head, He said, "Okay, now you're ready. Appreciate that."
0: And I'm sure just that the depth of intimacy with Him and just from wrestling with Him and leaning on Him for for so long. So, in in one of your interviews, I really like the phrasing you used. You talked about life's plot twists and and how the, how when we look at them through kind of like a hindsight lens, they can become, our future plot twists can become scary adventures. Can you explain what you meant by that?
1: Uh, all of life is and, as an adventure, right? Like C.S. Lewis, right? Uh, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are, you know? A life where nothing is ever bad is not a life. So if life is a story, there are going to be actual villains And cliffhangers and you know, plot twists. No, who saw that coming (laughs) So if we if we can look at life as the story God is writing, the best storyteller in the world is writing a story of your life. Of course they're gonna be downs and ups and sideways and but like you know the author, so you're
0: all right. Yeah. Awesome. Is there a passage in scripture that when you're going, or maybe even when you are going through kind of your uphill journey or, or that you cling to now, is there a passage or a verse you just hold tight to?
1: I always tell people about the Hebrews passage, the, and by faith. Okay. Right? I think it's like Hebrews one.
0: Is it I think it's 11. Uh-huh.
1: John, the And by faith, right? Mm-hmm. And by faith, Abraham. And by faith, Moses. And by, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to say to that all of our stories... All of our lives, all of our testimonies, all of our gospels, as it were, all and by faith stories, like and by faith blessings. Parents let them go, and by faith blessing kept that music through when It, it was costing a lot, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. and by faith, so and so did this, and like we should get to tell ourselves, I look oh, at by faith stories, and we should get to like listen to other people's because that's that's all just encouragement to somebody. So there's this whole and by faith thing. That uh, I think we're meant to, we're meant to live in with each other, and so I love reading that stuff because it it helps me to remember that the point is the story.
0: Yeah, well, you know, when you brought up, so I'm a mama, <laughs> I have an adult child, and when you brought up just now when you talked about mom letting you come to America, I wonder if she just like bawled when when your first album came out in a in a joyful way, like yes, yes. it felt kind of like a confirmation that okay you did the right thing
1: in, in fact I know I know she did because she told me
0: awesome that's beautiful yeah she's, she's she's loving it yeah so God was writing her faith story at the same time that he was writing your faith story exactly so what is one thing that you have learned about yourself through it all
1: i I don't know if you were your listeners I familiar the but I'm a, I'm a seven, and I am an of seven in all the ways um, so I love, I love joy. I love everything positive. I love experiences. I love like being on the go. Touring is amazing. Like I'm built for everything I'm
0: doing. Awesome. And so that's a
1: good thing. And I've also learned that there is a time to sit at grief, and that is a very hard thing for me to do. And thus, like I think it's not an accident that I have had a lot of grief to sit in because I think God um. and balance. You know, griefless, mm-hmm. and of course, you're just here's all the joy, but if you don't sit at grief, you, you, the joy is surface, right? Mm-hmm. Just happy, right? And happiness if they mess up their couples' coffee, you, your happiness is gone. But if you can sit in grief, then you will experience joy on mm-hmm. the other side because grief, sitting in grief allows you to kind of see life fall the full circle that it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like for you? What do you mean when you say sitting in grief?
1: For me, it looked like Like when the music thing was getting really hard, it it looked like waking up in the morning and going, okay, here I am at my piano. No one cares. Here I am needing to pay this bill and no one cares. Mm -hmm. And I, these are, I'm here because of decisions I made. Mm -hmm. There are ways out, but I don't want to take them. Here are the possible consequences of, you know, continuing to do this. No one cares. And so, and do I still believe that God is in it? You know what I mean? So it just means taking stock, um, taking full and thorough and honest accounting of where you are at a given time and how you got there and, and figuring out if that's where you want to be. It's, you're doing the right And And it's not always a happy taking stock because while I did that, it didn't immediately change my circumstance, mm-hmm. but it did make me go, okay. Things are good, but I know I'm doing the right thing, and that in and of itself is a kind of peace.
0: Well, and I would say for me, like I think I would define joy as not necessarily being like this emotional high, but just this this deep underpinning awareness that that God is with us and working through our situation. So, and I hear that I hear that in your story. So, what's next for you?
1: So, <laughs> the record comes out January?
0: Awesome, awesome
1: more interviews with amazing people like yourself
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so where where can listeners go to find you i amazon
1: spotify
0: everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and, and so my favorite songs from him are, are blessings and believe, but he's just got so many great, he's got great content out there. So you can do like me and you can just stalk him online and find him on on YouTube and listen to all his interviews because in some of his interviews, he shares things obviously that he hasn't shared here. And so I think you'll get a really big, a robust picture of, his his heart and what God is calling him to do. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your time with us. It was such a blessing.
1: Jennifer,
0: thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode made you think and maybe introduced you to a talented musician that you hadn't heard of before who can really, I think, can help you in those times where you struggle just to connect with God. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure to rate it. That helps others to find it, and it also encourages our team as well. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free.
1: Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts,
0: visit us at lifeaudio.com.